Hey, everybody, welcome to our guest. If it's your first time here, really good to have you. Welcome if you're joining us online. I don't know if they're in this service, but if Bob and Betty Long are here, let me know. Point them out if they're here, not in this. There they are. All right. Bob and Betty have been with us for 18 years. Betty has been on our staff for 13 years. They're moving. They're going to Colorado. So we're, we just want to thank them for their faithfulness, for their service all these years. We're going to miss you guys. Thanks so much. God bless you and your new, your new home out in Colorado. So uh, we all would probably like to move from time to time. We're going to be talking about moving today, but moving in a different way than, than moving away from here. Unless God calls you to move away from here for some reason, we'll, we'll talk about that. But it's the idea that, you know, we, we want to make sure that the gospel goes viral. You know, the good news of Jesus goes viral. You've seen viral videos, right? These videos that just catch on and spread very quickly and rapidly on platforms like YouTube and TikTok. Most of the, the most viral videos are music videos. In fact, the number two all-time most viral video has been seen by nearly 7 billion people and has driven nearly that many parents crazy. You will have that stuck in your head all day if I don't stop it right there. The, um, the, the, I think one of the first viral videos, though, you may remember all the way back in 2006, was the evolution of dance. Remember? Uh, but some of the more recent ones, uh, you, maybe you've seen this TikTok video. For some strange, inexplicable reason, it is just blowing up all over the place and being very widely imitated by even celebrities. This guy's just skateboarding around, drinking cranberry juice, listening to Fleetwood Mac. I don't get it. I just don't, I don't understand it, but this one, though, I get. I, I told this one, it's making the way it's around this janitor, getting around in a very unusual mode of transportation. You seen this? <laughs> so how do we make the gospel go viral like that, get spread around widely, and rapidly. I want to focus on that today because it's something we need to be reminded of to keep the main thing the main thing. I, I'm afraid we get sidetracked from that. And if you're not a Christian, I understand you may not have a positive impression of Christianity. You may have some negative assumptions about Christians. And one of them has to do with the fact that we're always trying to tell people about Jesus, right? Lead them to a faith. You're like, why can't you just leave people alone? Let them believe what they want to believe. I understand that, but you got to understand where we're coming from. We're, we don't talk about Jesus in order to score brownie points with God. We're not doing it because we want to be offensive jerks. And we're not doing it because we think we're better than everybody else. We do it because we're compelled to do it by love. Really. Because we really believe that Jesus died for everybody. 
and that without him we are lost, we are separated from God, we're without hope in this world. And so we believe the most loving thing we can do is to share that message with other people because we want them to go to heaven with us too. We don't want them to have to endure hell. We want them to experience the peace, joy, and love that Jesus offers. So how can we not share that message with other people? But here's the deal. Um, we got a pro couple problems with trying to get this message out. One is there's a whole lot of people that need to hear this message that have never really heard the message of Jesus. They might have heard the name of Jesus, usually as a swear word. They might have heard something about the gospel in some way, but they've never heard the real deal message of salvation. So that's one problem. But a second problem is there are far more people that need to hear that message than people who are willing to share. And that falls back on us because we can grow pretty complacent and comfortable and apathetic when it comes to sharing the message of Christ. We get fearful, we get embarrassed by it, and we need to re be reminded how important this really is, how much is at stake in letting other people know the good news of, of Jesus. And what's it called when we do that? It's called evangelism. And when you live a lifestyle of sharing the gospel with people, it's called being a missionary. Jesus' very first call to his disciples was, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. You've been throwing your nets and, and drawing in fish. Now you're going to throw out some nets and draw in people to me. So the very first thing he said is, come, follow me, be like me, be on mission like me. My life mission has to be part of his mission. His final call to his disciples is in Mark 16, 15. I think I put 16, but it's 16, 15, which says, uh, go into all the world and the good news to all creation what's that called that's the great commission it's so important it's so great that he told it at least five different ways in five different situations to f in f five different books of the bible right matthew mark luke john and acts this is your life mission and the, th the sad thing is is that i don't think christians get that that's for them i mean we 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 think that uh, here we are we're in this of social distancing when it's, it's hard to, you know, reach out to people in a physical way. But I think we've, we've also distanced people from the gospel. We've kept them away from hearing the message of Jesus. And, and so he wants us to go to them, to represent him, to be his ambassadors. And, and so many Christians have brought into this mistaken idea that that's, that's not me. That's what those, you know, special Christians, those professional Christians called ministers and missionaries and evangelists do. That's not what I do. And that's why most Christians never really do share their faith. And even fewer have ever led even one single person to Jesus Christ. That's tragic. Now, for many years around our church, we have seen year after year, week after week after week, people coming to faith in Christ and being baptized. I mean, just a really large number consistently until this year. This year, we have had maybe a half to a third of the baptisms that we normally do. Why is that? COVID, right? People are not coming to church like they used. In fact, the church buildings were shut down for how many weeks and weeks? And so that's tragic too that we still have a lot of people you hear still, you know, two, three people just about every week. Uh, far more typically than most churches do, sadly, because so many churches are not on mission 
They don't even offer the invitation to people to receive Christ. Have you ever been to a church like that where they don't even bring it up? Yeah, so it's, it's still a, a good thing. And, but here's, here's what this COVID thing has done to us. Not only has it meant so many lost opportunities for exposing people to the message of Christ, it has presented some new opportunities online, right? We've got different ways that we're reaching out now, and that's good. But it's also exposed its problem in the church where I think we have relied far too often on inviting people to the church, just simply getting them here, kind of the attractional style of evangelism. Like that we want people to be attracted to come here, that they would enjoy. They like the way we do services, and they like the music, and they like the kids' ministry and the teen ministry and uh, the hospitality, and sometimes they like the teaching too. But all that's good, and we want you to invite people here, but I wonder if it comes at the expense of you actually personally, individually, sharing your faith with people. I mean, we've, we've always encouraged you to invite people here because you know they're going to be exposed to the good news and they're going to be invited to receive Christ every single week. But we're in a different season now where, yeah, we, we still supply you with invitation cards, but even that's difficult these days, right, to hand out to people, to physically hand something to somebody, especially when they're six feet away from you. So the other ways to invite, of course, I want, you know, good old-fashioned phone calls and text messages and, and social media, all that, that's good. But all of that kind of inviting is only part of the bigger picture of what we're called to do. We are called to move. And so that is our big idea for today, is wherever you are, wherever you go, move with a missionary mindset. And that may mean going to be a missionary, moving away from here to another place. Or it may simply mean moving across the room, across your office, across the factory floor, across your school, moving across your neighborhood to interact with people, to, to let them know about Jesus. Each of us can become more effective if we will keep in mind this acronym for MOVE. M-O-V-E stands for Mobile Organic viral evangelism. So let's talk about that today. First, the M, go mobile. Everywhere we go, we got this device with us, right? Mobile phone. And the beauty and, and the brilliance of this thing that everywhere you go, you're connected. And that's what we're talking about with the gospel is everywhere you go, you are to be connected to other people and, and understanding that really the command in the Great Commission is not to go. It would be much easier if I could just say, God says you must go. He doesn't say that. He says, make disciples as you go. That's the more literal reading of the Greek there. As you're going, make disciples. So in other words, you're on the move. I mean, God's always on the move. And wherever we're on the move to, we are to make disciples. Now, again, some may be called to move away, to become missionaries uh, across the world. Some may be called to go into vocational ministry. And the church, we want to financially, prayerfully support people who are called to go that way. But we're never called to let them be our proxies, to go in our place. We'll, we'll support you if you'll go do the work instead of me. No, that's not the deal here. We're all ministers. We're all missionaries on mission. So how do you know if you're called to like go into that as your career or your occupation to do that full-time vocational ministry and I can't tell you 
I, I don't know how that will work for you. All I can tell you is if you're called into that, you'll know. And you're not going to be happy until you, you, you do what God's calling you to do. Now, I, I, I can just tell you, my call was nothing dramatic. There was no voice from heaven. There was no lightning bolt that struck me. I, I was simply a week shy of turning 16 years old when I got a chance to speak to my church in a Sunday night service for five minutes. And that's all it took. After that, I immediately knew this is what I'm meant to do. I, I understood the Great Commission. I understood the need. I understood the, the purpose. And I understood that I could do this. So I should. And I want to challenge you. If you're a young person like that, you're a teenager, would you consider that God might be calling you to go into the ministry, to become a missionary? I mean, he did it for me. You should have saw me at 15 years old. <laughs> you, would have not, you would not have picked me to go into the ministry. So who knows what God can do with you if you'll commit yourself to that. Think about it. Pray about it. But look, if you're older, you're not off the hook. If you're midlife, if you're midway through your career, maybe God is calling you to spend the rest of your life in some sort of ministry work. And it's not to say that what you're doing now is not important. In fact, you've already got a built-in mission field with your job. Be a missionary right where you are. But also be open to the idea that God might call you to do something even more in ministry work. Maybe you're retired or you're near retirement. How can God use you for the rest of your life? What are you going to do? You're just going to travel around, lounge around? God's got something for you to do. So some say, I've heard this since I was this is how they describe this call into ministry. They say, if you can do anything else and be content, do that instead of ministry. Only do ministry if you can't do anything else. I'm like, shut up. You're an idiot. You know, no. I, I don't say it out loud. I just think it. Uh, God wants people, great people who have skills and abilities and experiences to go into ministry, even though they could be doing another career and be great at that and be content doing something else. I could be doing some other career. I could be doing something else, but I'd rather do this. And maybe you're sensing that too. I mean, right now on staff, I have three workers who are part-time workers who have sensed that call into going to ministry. And so I'm working with all three of them right now and hopefully early next year, they're gonna answer that call right here on this platform and be ordained into ministry. Maybe he's speaking to you like that too. Again, the call may be just to move around downriver. It may be to move somewhere else in the world. I got an email to go right before our, our Allen Park campus celebrated the 10th anniversary, their birthday, from one of the leaders of the church years ago. He's moved away, but uh, he was, had a successful military career, business guy and everything, and he was one of our elders here. And just out of the blue, I hadn't heard from him for a long time, he emailed and said, hey, congrats on the 10-year anniversary. I said, oh, thanks, man, cool. What are you doing? He says, well... I got a call to, to a great job with the Department of Defense in Hawaii, and I'm helping to start a small church there. <laughs> and my email back to him was, dude, Hawaii? Why didn't I get a call to go to Hawaii? What's up with that? How awesome is that? Now, your call may not be to go to Honolulu, but it might be to go to Saskatchewan, or to Mumbai, or to Nairobi. I don't know. Who cares? Everybody needs Jesus everywhere. Where could God use you? 
And if he's calling you, when are you going to answer? You, you, you put your spiritual phone on silent? And say, I'll get to him later. Yeah, anybody have kids like that where you tell them to do something and they're all like, oh, I will, I will. Hold on, just a minute. Get my, I'll do, later. Hands, anybody? Got kids like that? Okay. All right, well, now you know how God the Father feels because he does that with you. I'll get to a God later on. After I'm done with this or after I finish up here, then I'll devote more time to... No. The call is for now. The Great Commission is your call. You know, you're like, yeah, absolutely. I believe the Great Commission. Yeah, we need to share Jesus. Somebody ought to do that. It's that light bulb moment where you're going, oh, yeah, me. God's calling me to do that. Not just to go to church. Not, not just to read the Bible and believe some doctrines. This is a call on my life. I have a life purpose. And I tell you what, if the world's going to be one to Christ, it ain't going to happen through a handful of ministers and missionaries doing it. It's when every Christian gets on mission. So that's how you go mobile. Let's talk about the O and move. Organic. Go organic. How many of you are into organic food right now? You buy organic, organic farming, right? And the idea is to just eat more naturally, right? Free from additives and pesticides and chemicals and and uh, uh, antibiotics, and it's not just in the food anymore. Now you have organic products, you have organic fabric, organic beauty and body care stuff, right? Organic. Well, look, the most natural thing in the world for us should be to share our faith. That's what we're here for. It, sharing your faith doesn't have to be this complex, organized, programmed thing. It's just a natural part of your lifestyle. It's who you are. You don't have to have some memorized, canned presentation that you pull out and share. It just comes up in conversation. You've already got your own natural, unique style for talking about Jesus. You don't have to do it like me or anybody else. You be you. Let God use the personality and the style that you have right now. In fact, the Apostle Paul wrote to these Christians in Corinth and he talks about how different people have different roles in the process that we don't usually take somebody who's far from God, very distant, not only socially, but spiritually distant from God. We don't like jump them to faith in one meeting or even by one person. It's usually a process of different people bringing them along the path, right? So he says to them in 1 Corinthians 3, what after all is Apollos, who is a Christian leader then? What's Paul? Hey, we're only servants through whom you came to believe. As the Lord has assigned each to his task, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The man who plants and the man who waters, they have one purpose and each will be rewarded according to his own labor. So notice that we don't make the seed grow. God does that. God doesn't call you to save anybody. You can't save your family or your friends. You can only be faithful in doing what your job is, and maybe that's to be the one to plant the seed, the seed of the gospel, to share the message of Christ. Maybe you're the one who's going to water the seed. You take them a little further along. But God's the one that's going to make it grow. It's like, I can't grow this church. This isn't my church. That's on him. He's got to grow the church. I just got to be faithful in doing what he's called me to do. Right now, I'm hopefully planting some seeds or watering some seeds. Sometimes I get to harvest seeds. I get to to harvest the crop, if you will. But what does God expect me to do to continue his mission? Sometimes I say, 
just being with people, hanging out with them, eating with them, uh, listening to their struggles and needs, listening to their story, serving them, helping them, but also sharing Jesus with them. Because look, whenever you make a positive impression for Christ, you sow to seed. Whenever you talk about spiritual matters, you sow to seed. Whenever you serve somebody in Jesus' name, even give them a cup of cold water in Jesus' name, you, you sow to seed. Or whenever you offer to pray for somebody, you've sown a seed. Sometimes you plant, sometimes you water, sometimes you get a harvest. You know what's cool here is sometimes pe you know, people will come up after the service and they'll give their life to Christ to get baptized. And somehow I end up getting some of the credit for that. I'm like, I, it wasn't me. It's like... It's the people who took all the time getting them from here to here to here to here, right? Sowing and watering and all that. I just got them in this little part at the end where I got to harvest them, right? So that's why I love to see when friends baptize friends and parents baptize kids and siblings baptize siblings because they're the ones that have been working with them the whole time, not me. You're the one God has called to lead your family and friends and neighbors and associates to Jesus. Jesus said this, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are what? Few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. In other words, there's a big harvest of souls out there. A lot of people that need the seed planted in their lives. Big harvest. But I think the workers are on coffee break, man, because we are not out there doing it like he called us to do. So I'm asking God to raise up more Workers right out of this church, more people to be missionaries right here at home, to go around the world, more people to go into ministry. That's been my prayer for years. So let's talk about this last one. We've said go mobile, go organic, go viral. Obviously, we know the power of a contagious virus, how it spreads very rapidly and widely. And in this pandemic, again, we've had to stay away from people to hopefully you know, prevent people from getting infected. But as we've distanced ourselves from people, I'm afraid we're distancing ourselves in other ways too. We're, we're forgetting about people. We're growing more distant from them in other ways. We're isolating ourselves. We're growing lonely. We're, uh, we're disconnecting from people and forgetting how much we do need each other. And I'm afraid we have been keeping most of all the gospel distanced from people too. Most Christians, I don't think, are very contagious when we should be. Not with the virus, but with the gospel. That we're, we're trying to spread it and infect as many people with the good news of Jesus as we possibly can so that it's epidemic. And if it's to spread effectively, guess what? It needs to be as simple and reproducible as possible. Right? So that's why over the past several weeks we've tried to give you the plan of salvation in very simple terms. Remember the two verses and six fingers? You with me? Right? John, say everybody with John 3.16 and Acts 2, 38, three things to do, three things we receive. Say it with me. Believe, repent, be baptized to receive forgiveness of sins, the gift of the Holy Spirit, and eternal life. Simple. Anybody can do that. It doesn't answer everybody's questions. I mean, if they start hitting you with questions about how do you prove God and all that, you know. Okay, that doesn't help with that. But that will get you to the point where you know how to share the basic message of the gospel with people. We've also provided for you for years these bookmarks out in the lobby called The Four Facts of Life, and it uses the bridge illustration that here we are, we are cut off from God, we're separated from Him, our sin 
chasm, this valley between us and God, but the cross of Jesus provides a bridge that we can cross over to God and to life and forgiveness and all that. And that's just a simple tool that you can use to walk somebody through this. It's on our website too. You just talk to somebody, ask them permission. Would you like to hear this? This is something that has helped me. Maybe it'll help you too. And you just read through it with them. You can do that. You know, Jesus told this story about a man who invited people to come to a big banquet, but they came up with all kinds of excuses why they wouldn't show up. So Jesus says in Luke 14, the master said to the servant, go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in so that my house may be filled. And he's not just talking about the church building being filled. He's talking about heaven being filled, God's home. Go out and compel them to come in. So yes, go out and invite people to church. Yes, absolutely, that's great. Do that because they're not just going to drive by and drop in on their own. Right? They're not, they're not coming to us. we got to go to them. It's, it's not either or, like I'm either going to invite them or I'm going to share my faith with them. You can do both. Yeah, get them here. But as you share your faith with them also, present Jesus as more than just a band-aid for their temporary problems. Because that's how Jesus gets reduced a lot of times. To just he, He's somebody that can help you have a better family. He's somebody that can take care of your, your stress. He's somebody that can uh, deal with whatever issue you're going through right now. No, no, no. You can, people need to understand that he is the cure for this fatal soul sickness, this, this separation from God. So go ahead. Let them know that Jesus is the ultimate answer to everything they need. Not just their felt needs at the moment, but, but we can do both. We can, we can walk and chew gum at the same time. So try this. Go ahead and invite them to church next month, all right? Simple way to do it. We're, we're doing a sermon series on the family. It's called Family 30. It's, it's with your friends in mind. So call them, text them, send them some sort of message. Hey, what are you doing next Sunday? Why don't you come to church with me? I think this will be helpful for you, all right? In fact, you've got a great opportunity coming up on Halloween. We've got all these invitation cards out there. And uh, you might have to get creative with how you do this, but somehow... You don't even have to go to people door to door. You know, the old school way of, of knocking on doors and, do you know about Jesus? They're coming to your door, right? So take advantage of it. Give them a big stinking candy bar, all right, with an invite card. Don't give them a little tiny one with an invite card because they're going to curse you as soon as they leave your doorstep. You're, oh, they're going to hate you so much. Give them a big candy bar with an invite card or a bag full of good candy and I'm talking the good stuff not the pixie sticks not the little you know butter rum hard candies I'm talking about chocolate lots of chocolate and caramel and gooey nougaty stuff that well that's me that's just me I'm, I'm the kids probably like the sour nasty awful stuff if you have leftover chocolate anyway um give them a bag of candy with an invite card because there's stuff going on for the kids next month too, all right? So start with that. Maybe do something fun out in your yard, an obstacle course, a maze, some sort of game. But look, here's what we're saying. People aren't just going to show up to church. They're not looking for church. We're not in that kind of season anymore. It doesn't even cross people's minds to go to church anymore. You can't even get Christians to come to church anymore, let alone people who don't know Christ. And they're not looking for a better church. They don't even know they need it. Nobody's walking in the doors and saying, hey, what must I do to be saved? We got to move and go to them. So invite them here, not just into this building, but into God's household. Compel them, Jesus says, to come in. And compel doesn't mean pressure them or force them. 
It means have some urgency, have some intensity, have some passion about this. Because there is nothing more compelling than the message of Jesus, right? Sinners need us. We got we to gotta get that. We got to really, under, they need us because without, alienated from God, they are without hope in this world. They are condemned. They're headed for hell without the message of Jesus. That's why God sent his son to die for everybody. Right? For every one of us. And he rose from the dead because he's our only hope. And if you really believe that, then, then the best gift you can give somebody is the good news. To tell them how to be connected to Jesus. Introduce them to the, to the answer. If you really believe that, how can you not tell that? But I think the reason why we don't is we don't really believe. I think in a lot of ways we're just very practical universalists. We think that somehow, some way, everybody's just going to go to heaven. Because God loves everybody and he's not going to keep anybody out. Or at least he's got some sort of plan B that doesn't involve me being a missionary. Right? We don't understand how serious the need is, how much is at stake. Because we think, I would rather not feel weird or... uh, awkward or make people uncomfortable and guys I get that I totally do I I understand I know how weird and embarrassing and frightening it can be to talk about stuff that really matters right we'll talk all day about sports and the weather and movies and restaurants and food but man we just cannot seem to cross that line of talking about spiritual things I've been there done that more times than I care to admit where I have backed off telling somebody about Jesus. And, and I wish I would, and I have regrets. How do we overcome this fear? I think it's, it's realizing that they really do need to hear this. They don't even understand they need to hear it. And to understand, I have a power within me. Who, who do you have inside you? You have the Holy Spirit, who gives you a boldness who gives you opportunities, who will give you the words to speak to people. And the lie that the church has believed for too long is that religion is a private thing, right? Like the two things you should never talk about is what? Religion and politics. And I'll I'll go with you on the politics thing. You don't don't want to get into those discussions right now. But religion? I mean, the most important thing in the world? And specifically the gospel of Jesus? Yes, it's a personal thing, but it's not private. It can't be private. People are desperately in need of this. And it's amazing and mind-boggling that God would entrust that message to you and me, that there's no plan B. We're it. I mean, he could have written it in the sky. He could have printed it on the moon. He could have engraved it on every leaf. But instead, he puts the message of salvation in the hearts and mouths of people like you and me. Whoa. God is calling you, just like he did Isaiah so many centuries ago. Here's how Isaiah answered the call. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, everybody with me, I said, Here am I, send me. Uh Uh-oh, you just said it. God heard it. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. He just might do that. Man, will you be a soul winner? Let's win downriver to Christ. Why? Because Jesus calls us. He sets the example. 
us. The early church modeled it for us. Love compels us. Time urges us. Heaven encourages us. Because I, I, I like to think that every time somebody becomes a Christian, there's a party in heaven. At least that's the way I read Luke 15 when Jesus says, I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. And guys, when you get to heaven, you're going to be so glad that you stepped out of your fear and in love, you took the risk and told people about Jesus. You, wa- you planted some seeds. You watered some seeds. You harvested some seeds. That they're in heaven because of you. Your friend, your family, your relatives, your neighbors, your associates, the, the person at work, that person at school, that stranger that God just led into your, your life by chance. It wasn't by chance. Wherever you are, wherever you go, Move with a missionary mindset. Mobile, organic, viral evangelism. Guys, the reason your heart is beating is because God's got something for you to do right here that's going to matter for eternity. God wants you to share this message with others. How many people right now are waiting to hear this message? Don't even know they need it. Just waiting for you to tell them, and you're never going to know until you try. Where would you be if somebody hadn't shared the good news with you? How many people are going to be in heaven because of you and me? Let's pray about that. God, we're, we're, we're asking that you would rekindle a fire within us because we forget about this. We get, we get caught up in other stuff, and we get neglectful and forgetful, and God, we need to have that passion that burden within us for those who are far from you. Lord, would you cause me to cross paths with somebody who needs Jesus? Go before me and prepare the way and give me the words to say that you'd open doors for me, God, where I can say something for you, where I can begin a new relationship with people who who don't know you, who are far from you. And so we're all still praying right now. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, but I want you to lift up some names to God because prayer is so important. I hope you're keeping a prayer list of people who need Jesus, and you lift them up regularly. So go ahead, by name, lift those names up to to Jesus. These are the people in my life that need you, Lord. All right, and now use me, Lord. Use me. And I want to pray for people right now who are listening, who are sensing that call to come follow you, that they would turn their lives over to you, transfer their trust to you, um, that they would answer that invitation to your banquet, that they would be adopted into your household, that they they would get to be home with you forever. We pray all that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so if that's you, If you're answering that call today to put your trust in Jesus, to repent of your sins, to be baptized into him, come just as you are. There is room at the cross for you. Take a stand. There's no need to wait. There is no guarantee of tomorrow. Have you noticed this with all the commercials going on during this time of COVID? It feels like every ad is like, in this time of uncertainty. Every time is a time of uncertainty. You never know if you're going to have tomorrow. You don't know if Jesus is coming back today. you got to be ready. 
And so if you're ready to answer that call, maybe you're a believer and you've just never been baptized, whatever your next step is, we want to help you with that. So reach out to us, text that number, 734-304-7248, or email next at southpointccc.com. Even if you're at home, we'll set up a time as soon as possible. We'll get back with you. We'll, we'll bring you in. We'll baptize you. we got clothes and robes and towels and everything you need. And even more so, if you're here on site, right now in the next few moments, out in the hall, go to rooms C and D, and there are going to be people there who would love a chance to help you, pray with you, answer your questions, get you ready for baptism today. All right? So, look, um, next week, hope you're going to come back, start a new series, invite some people on your way out. Remember to remain socially distanced from one another, but don't keep the gospel distance from one another. Bless each other with a good week, and we will see you next Sunday.